the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, where we discuss all things crypto-related. Your host, Kieran Ryan. It's been another outstanding year for Bitcoin, which is up 150% since the start of the year. It's up 17% in just the last month. Cryptos are back with a vengeance, and Bitcoin's outstanding rally pulled other cryptos along with it. Ether is up 86% in U.S. dollar terms. Cardano is up 140% year-to-date. And Polkadot is up 63% against a rather flat and dreary JSE. The S&P 500 is up 23% for the year, and the Nasdaq put in a more respectable 42%. There were a few other events, such as the introduction of licensing requirements for crypto asset service providers that marked the forward progress of crypto as an asset class. And we saw U.S. dollar-backed stablecoins entrenching themselves as one of the big stories of 2023. To recap on some of the big stories and the big events of 2023, we're joined by Omar Iqbal, CEO of Five West. Hi, Omar. It's good to talk to you again. What stood out for you as the big crypto stories of the last year? Hi, Kieran. Nice to be back on. It's been a while. To answer that question, I'd say the biggest ticking point for crypto last year that we saw was regulation. After the whole FTX saga and a few other companies going down, I think getting regulation in was the most important point. And I think what stood out the most in 2023 is the fact that we might be seeing ETFs coming into the market soon, as soon as next year. I think that, along with the Bitcoin halving, is something to look forward to in the next year. But also, different countries are coming up with regulations. Talking locally, I think the FSCA is coming up with some regulations and they want everyone to apply for a CASP. Um, so I think it's really great things happening in the market currently and hopefully something to look forward to as we go into next year. Right, and the CASP is a crypto asset service provider. So it seems like the prospect of lower interest rates in the U.S. is driving a lot of the money flows into cryptos over the last few months. That, and, and you mentioned the upcoming Bitcoin halving. And the Bitcoin halving, of course, happens every four years, and that's when they throttle the supply of Bitcoin by half. And it's built into the, the Bitcoin protocol. And it's traditionally been associated with a bull rally in Bitcoin ahead of these events, these halving events. Do you see 2024 as another bull year for Bitcoin? Yeah, I'd say 2024 is going to be an exceptional year for Bitcoin, hopefully. That's what we can hope for. But with the excitement around the Bitcoin ETFs um, being approved in the US next year, as well as the halving, I think we're going to see a massive increase in the price of Bitcoin. As we already know, it's up 175% this year. So I think cryptos are going to be on the up, especially with ETFs. I think that'll be a great way for the traditional investor to be able to now invest in cryptocurrencies particularly Bitcoin. I think that's the largest Bitcoin by market cap. So if you if you think about it with more traditional investors being able to invest in it, I think the price is going to rise. As we've seen, the supply of Bitcoin is going to half the next year. So that also will fuel the price up. Um, and I think there's a lot of excitement in the market currently with regulatory um, new regulations coming in and ensuring that we might have a safe environment to actually be trading crypto. So with that excitement in the market, I think 2024 is going to be a great year and we might see Bitcoin go up to, I've read as much high as $100,000, which would be quite exceptional. And I think it's the highest growing asset class in the world and there's nothing really stopping it. So hopefully 2024 is a good year for all the Bitcoin bulls and people who've huddled for, for years. I think uh, there's some quite outlandish predictions for Bitcoin once these ETFs, these exchange-traded funds come into being, because that would allow institutional flows. Like people from BlackRock have applied for an ETF license Correct. 
ARK Invest is another one. Vanguard is another one. Basically, it's going to unlock the door to these huge flows of money. I mean, BlackRock being the largest investor in the world, even if they put a tiny percentage of that into Bitcoin, it's, it's going to stop moving the price. And I think we're seeing some of that discounted in the, in the current price. You mentioned the price is up 170% this year so far. One of the predictions, by the way, that I was just reading yesterday, uh, up to a million dollars. I mean, $100,000, you said that people will think, well, that's, that's crazy figures. But, you know, a million dollars. Um, do you see that as at all possible? Not next year, but I think maybe in the future, maybe 10 years down the line, uh, we might see a million dollars. But I like to also, I don't know, I think $100,000 is pretty realistic. If you consider it going as high as 70000 I think it was a few years back, um, 100000 is really not out of reach. Um, like you said, more institutional flow is going to be coming into into the with these ETFs and if BlackRock even invests let's say 10% of what their worth is we'll see the price rise quite significantly I'd say 100,000 is quite a bold prediction but something that is very achievable so that's what we're hoping for I think everyone in the crypto market has been waiting for this day for years so yeah and it already hits I think the record high was I think about 69,000 in 2021 November so if you just take that into consideration I'd say 100,000 is fairly within reach but a million dollars might be a bit optimistic for the next year sure um, yes. All right. Now let's talk about regulation. We found out last earlier this month, the Financial Sector Conduct Authority received more than 90 applications from CASPs, which are the crypto asset service providers. Now, when the licensing regime was first announced, one of the stated goals was to prevent the kind of fraud we see, we've seen proliferating in the space, like the Mirror Trading International, that type of thing. Do you think we're likely to see a reduction in fraud in the crypto space? Are these, these licenses going to achieve their objective? Yes. So I think the way to answer that question is we've seen a lot of fraud going on in the market. I think with Sam now uh, fighting his case. You're talking about Sam Bankman-Fried, right? Bankman-Fried from FTX. Yeah. So we're talking about both international and local companies that were bad actors in this space. And we saw last year, November, that completely crashed the market. And I think what happened is the governments and the regulators started waking up and saying, it's an industry that's going to stay. They rather regulate it now before more of, of this happens because it's here to stay. So I'd say it's a very good step in the right direction, having regulations in place. Also, it's always so crypto companies have always been working and they're never quite sure um, if that's the right way to go about it. Um, so I think for us having some clear regulations that we can be confident about our product offerings and what we're offering the market, as well as people knowing who they can go to. So if they are buying cryptocurrencies, there'll be word in the market that these are the players that are actually regulated and who they should be actually dealing with. So that's a very good way to eliminate fraud. I still think um, the regulators should and hopefully do work with the with the companies that have been in the game for quite a while because to regulate something from scratch is a very hard thing. And sometimes you find that they over-regulate something and completely damage the industry. Um, so working with crypto players who've been in the market, who've got experience, would help them actually shape um, what they're trying to do. And achieving that is a very simple thing. I think if you regulate something, um, if it's not over-regulated, I think it's a really good thing. And then you learn from it as you go on. But yeah, there's been quite a few CASP applications. We heard that they were starting to approve them from the 13th of December uh, was the last thing we heard in South Africa. So yeah, we're also waiting for, for them to approve our license. But yeah, step in the right direction. And we're hoping for, for to, to just weed out the bad actors because you can't, I don't think the crypto market can afford another MTI 
or another FTX. So let's hope for the best. Of course, what people will be able to do now if they – a lot of the promotion that happens for these crypto scams comes on social media. So the very first question that people should be asking, is this company licensed by the FSCA? What is that license number? They can go and check on the website. So th- that would be rule number one. You're going to get rid of all of these really flaky kind of guys who are promoting scams on social media if people just learn to do that, right? Correct, yeah. Um, so I think firstly on social media, there are a lot of scams out there, but trying to find the license number, I think the first thing they'd need to look out for in any advertisement would be, is it regulated by, is it a regulated FSP? Um, well, what is their license number? Because that's what you have to write in all your advertisements so that people know that you're an FSP. And then going on the FSCA's website, it's very easy, fsca.co.za. You type in the company's name or the license number, so 5 West is 51619, and you can completely check um, if they're regulated and what they're regulated for. And once crypto assets is added as added to the license, it'll show up on the FSCA's website. So that would be a very good way to go about it. And there's also a helpline for people to phone in at the FSCA and actually chat to them to find out if the company is regulated. But also, I think the most important is people trusting the company name. And if you if, if something's too good to be true, most likely it turns out not to be true. So if someone's offering you significant returns, et cetera, so those are things people need to look out for in the market. But yeah, checking on the website, I think, is always the best way. Because And uh, actually even speaking to someone at the company and finding out more information before they just blindly invest in something. So I think those would be good, good ways to mitigate some of the risk factors that are associated with, with scams. All right. So the, the other big story, of course, for the year was the growth in stable coins. People seem to love the idea that they can acquire a crypto equivalent of the US dollar or the rand, and they can ship that anywhere in the world within seconds with, without having to go through the banking system. Maybe this is a market that you're pretty involved in. Explain why people are falling in love with stable coins. Yeah, so like you said, stablecoins are backed one-to-one with the US dollar. And I think particularly in Africa, it's been a great hit um, having stablecoins, but because there are a lot of unbanked people. Secondly, the, the our currencies in Africa are pretty volatile. Um, as you've seen, the rand is now trading, or it's, it's come down a bit, it's trading at around 1830 levels. But it went as high as 1950. Nigeria, the currency, there's no US dollars, etc. So people are falling in love with stablecoins because the ease to actually get in and out from their local currencies, as well as to just have a hedge against against their local currencies. And I think what's happened is with, is with more regulation coming in, I think stablecoins are going to grow even further because there's going to be a little bit of um, regulations around it and what you can do and what you can't do with it. But like you said, the movement of money at minimal costs is one of the, the most important things that, um, that gives it its value. I think it can replace the traditional banking systems, maybe the Swiss, SWIFT system in the future, because just the relative ease and the minimal transaction fee that are associated with it. So the more ease and the more less transaction costs people have to pay, I think it's a better thing. So even if you think about it, someone in Nigeria who wants to send out US dollars to, let's say, their brother in South Africa, they find it very hard to send US dollars, firstly, because they can't get a hold of it. Secondly, if they want to send 500 rand, they're going to have to pay close to 500 rand in banking fees to pay it. Whereas if you were using USDT, 500 rand would cost you another rand or two to to pay it um, if you're using the right chain. Uh, let's say Tron or Polygon, which are currently the cheapest in the market. 
Um, so yeah, I think the relative ease and the cost per transaction is one of the main reasons people are falling in love with it. Also, it's quite stable. So if you're holding it in, let's say, your, your cold wallet, you're storing it yourself, you're leaving it off exchange, it's better than someone holding physical cash or even just cash in the bank because you're not earning anything really when you when you put US dollars in your bank. But there are platforms that can offer you a little bit of interest. Again, going back to the safer ones and not, again, going to something that's offering you significant returns, but you're doing your homework and you're earning a little bit of interest while you're storing it in your in your wallets. Um, so I'd say those are the reasons particularly why stable coins are, are growing so massively. And like you mentioned, there are a few RAND stable coins in play now. And I think Five West would also in the future love to have their own RAND stable coin. And we completely audited so that um, there's complete transparency. And then use that with the regulators to see what we can do to maybe uh, have movement of money through those stable coins. Um, I think it'll be a great thing for Africa to have local currencies, stable coins. So, yeah, that's something we're looking forward to and hopefully we can build in the future as well. And the markets that you're playing in in Africa, where are you seeing the big adoption happening in terms of stable coins? I mean, if you look at the depreciation of the local currencies, it's happening everywhere. It's the, the Naira in yeah. Nigeria is down. The Ghana CD is down. The Malawian Kwacha is down something like 30% over the last year. Where do you see the growth happening? I'd say mostly in those countries that you've mentioned. I'd say Nigeria, Uganda, um, the likes of Tanzania, Kenya, um, most of those African countries are experiencing such volatile rates and their such depreciation to the local currency. And I think even South Africa, I think a lot of people are starting to adopt cryptocurrencies and particularly stable coins. If you go on our local exchanges, you can see a lot of volume being traded every day for stable coins. Also, it's a quick in and out if you think about it for people who are trading Bitcoin and want to lock their profits in. They can keep it in USDC or T um, and then buy the Bitcoin again. But sometimes what you what you expect is there's too many movements. Let's say if you're a South African wanting to do that, you're going Bitcoin, USDT, USDT, ZAR. So if you have a ZAR back stable coin, it'd be quite easy for people to, to go in and out and buy it at, at a particular point. Because um, when we think about it, let's say I'm thinking about the price in US dollars terms, but a normal South African who's who's working locally and wants to invest in Bitcoins thinking about the local price. So they don't really care about the US dollar price. So having that, I think, in African countries would be great. Also, like I said, I think the adoption is great in these countries because of the volatility of our local currencies. And Nigeria probably is the one place that has adopted it the most. You mentioned that you're looking at launching your own RAND stablecoin. When is that likely to happen? So we still need to obviously speak to the regulators and and wait for some regulations to come and wait for our cash license to be approved. But it's something we've been looking at um, with one of our partners to try and see if we can launch that. So hopefully we can get get a hold of the regulators, sit with them, discuss how we do that. Because we see a lot of utility in this space. And sooner rather than later, it is something that we've been wanting to launch. So hopefully... Quarter one, 2024, we can have some estimates as to when we'll launch it. But yeah, we're hoping for sooner rather than later. Okay, now, Five West does seem to sit somewhere between a traditional finance house. You're also a payments company and you're a crypto exchange. Where is your growth coming from this last year? And a little bit of a follow-on to that is you do seem to be kind of encroaching into the traditional finance space, you know, like an investment bank. Is that a correct yes. characterization? 
Um, yes, I'd say so. So uh, when Farber started, to give you a bit of background, uh, we started as a traditional forex company and we ventured into the OTC space and now we 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 wanting to play more in the payment space. But 2023 has been a huge uptake in people actually buying cryptocurrencies and selling cryptocurrencies. I think our OTC desk has traded more volume than it ever has this year. Um, so it's been, it's been a really, really good year in terms of that. And I think OTC space is growing. I think with Bitcoin rising um, as high as it did, I mean, cryptocurrencies rising in, in general, a lot of people have shown renewed interest in, in owning cryptocurrencies. So the OTC desk has been quite busy. Um, but yeah, the crypto payments gateway. So that's something that we also created. I think we spoke about it the last time I was on. Uh, we've seen a lot more growth in that and a lot more merchants and retailers actually wanting to implement that software uh, because it's just an added um, method of payment. And as you know, South Africans, a lot of, I think it's something like 42% South Africans own cryptocurrency. So it's a good way for them to be able to spend it. So there's been a lot of growth in that se sector too. Um, so yeah, the OTC space has been probably the biggest winner in in twenty twenty three for us. Right, and of course, an OTC desk means over the counter, and that's where you would buy large volumes of crypto, rather than on a retail yeah, exchange. Yeah, or cash, and also sometimes. So we also over retail exchange. So a lot of people don't know how to use a retail exchange. Um, so the newbies, and there's a lot of fees associated with, let's say, a quick buy. I think it goes as high as zero point six percent. But if you can use an OTC desk, we can try. Uh, beat that 0.6% because you're locking the price in because um, we obviously selling both sides of the book, the bid and the ask. So you, there's not enough, um, there's no quick buy fees for us. It's just an all-in price. We've also launched our platform recently, uh, which allows the retail customers to 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 trade instantly on there with, uh, I think it's zero fees for now. Um, so yeah, so that's what we're really trying to do is actually help the traditional, the retail clients as well. That's what we've been entering into now. Um, so yeah, it's more about people adopting crypto so that there's, because uh, we're passionate about crypto, so the more people own crypto, and we can see how, how it's helped the world and how it will in the future as well. So if you can help people buy it for cheap, as well as still being a regulated player in the market, it's, it's a good way to enter and for people to have confidence in cryptos. All right. So somebody wants to buy 500 rands worth of Bitcoin, you, uh, you're happy to take that customer? Yeah, we're happy to take that customer. So we were primarily focused, let's say, a few years back on just um, institutional players. But now, since we created our own platform, uh, we've, we're venturing more into the retail space as well, just so that people can come on, log on to their portal, finish their KYC, deposit their money and buy crypto. All right, Omar, let's uh, look to 2024, just around the corner. What are the trends that we should be looking out for as we come into the new year? Look, I'd say we'd be keeping a very close eye on the ETFs and when they'd be approved. And then close to the halving, I'd say, not investment advice, but the more Bitcoin you might earn, uh, you can probably sell it off for a lot higher in the coming months. Um, so yeah, those are the trends I'd look out for. Also, I'd say locally in South Africa, I think with CAS being approved, that's a huge thing and a huge step in the right direction. Uh, so yeah, regulations, ETFs, and the Bitcoin halving, I'd say, are the three big things to look out for. Um, yeah. And what about the altcoins? Do you expect them to follow? They have already followed Bitcoin. Uh, some of them not so much. Some of them have been doing spectacularly well. Is that something to look out for? Yeah, I think the altcoins always really, some of them really do follow. It's about choosing the right altcoin, though. There's so many out there, so making that choice is quite hard. 
Um, but there are a few good ones that that always seem to follow. Um, yeah, so I'd say the altcoins are going to follow. I think Ethereum's also going to have a good year. I'd say if Bitcoin reaches a hundred thousand, I think a bold um, price for Ethereum would probably be around ten thousand uh, dollars. So yeah, that's a five x compared to where it's currently sitting. So I think that's a really, really that might be a good investment choice, anyways. Omar Iqbal, CEO of Five West. Thanks very much for joining us, Omar, and thanks for sharing your insights into what's happened in this last year and what we can look forward to in 2024. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks for having me again. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, hosted by Kieran Ryan. To listen to our other podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.